Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jessica Sterling here with my co-host, Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you? Doing well. We are having a lovely week because it is none other than Jessica Sterling's wedding week. Oh, yes. So when everybody's <laughs> going to be listening to this, I'll be married because we're we're pre-recording. Um, obviously, I'm going on like a small honeymoon uh when you're listening to this, I'll be on my honeymoon. So we're pre-recording. I'll be getting married this upcoming Saturday, which for you will be last Saturday. So that's yeah. exciting. We are so excited uh, to celebrate Jess and Will, uh, the Corey to Jess's Topanga. Uh, how are you <laughs> feeling being a nearly newlywed? Good. It's Weird. It's definitely less stressful than I thought it would be just because of, of COVID and it being very small. It definitely does not feel real yet, which I guess probably that's pretty normal for it to be very surreal at this point. I still have a little bit of stuff to do in terms of like packing things up. But um, yeah, we're ready to go. I'm excited. I'm I'm ready to have two weeks off of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm excited for you that the two weeks – Maybe more excited for your two weeks off from work than your wedding at this point. But. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's all very exciting. <laughs> but and and uh, Will will be on our podcast um, next episode, the next Boy Meets World episode, because it's a special sports edition. And you know, we we <sighs> guys, we guys, I why do why do they do this to us? We are not sports aficionados. We. I mean, Jess, did you play any sports in in your youth at all? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I was I was big into playing sports as a kid. I actually did play a lot of baseball um, and basketball. But I uh, I fell off about when I became a teenager, like honestly, when I got boobs. And then I was like, these are not made for sports, to be honest. <laughs> like strap them down with like four sports bras and I'm good to go. But um, no, I just <laughs> fell off. And I, I found other things that I enjoyed more. And I, I, but I've never enjoyed watching sports. That's for sure. No. Um, yeah, I was bad at every sport that I played, but I nearly tried all of them. And each one was more of a colossal failure than the next. <laughs> so maybe that's our gripe with sports. In terms of watching sports, I do not watch a, a, a many a sport. Um, there's one, but we don't have to get into it. Uh, uh, that's a different story for a different day. Um, maybe if we get more listener feedback and you guys are really dying to hear what my favorite sport to watch is, then maybe we can get into that. Yeah. Um, talking about some listener feedback, I do have a couple of nuggets for you today, Jess. Okay. So. Today, we're going to talk about season one, episode six of Boy Meets World. That episode was Boys to Mensa. 
And we had a debate um, or we had a, um, a, a we proposed a question, I suppose, where you spotted Sean Hunter drinking a juice pod and you said that they were called hugs. And I respectfully um, remembered uh, a, a different name for them. I, re- I thought that they were called jugs and I thought that like that was like pretty pretty cool you know like I I didn't think that that was like that weird but apparently it was so I went into the internet and I pulled uh my friends on the internet uh namely on Instagram like I say at shit 90s pod we always have fun on Instagram if you don't follow us please follow us but I put up a poll that said are you team hugs or team jugs and honestly like in any sense of the word I mean it could have been like would you prefer having a hug or would you prefer have uh, <laughs> jugs in general? And, and, but, you know, I did put up the picture of the juice pods. And uh, Jess, I, I have to admit that uh, the percentages were 68, no, 63% team hugs and 37% team jugs. And I were, I, I, if I'm going to be transparent with you, like you and I are, are good friends, right? Yeah. Um, I was two of those votes for Team Jugs. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so the votes were definitely <laughs> skewed there. So it was a little skewed. So if we're going to be honest, it was probably more like 70-30 or yeah. maybe like an 80-20. Um, people don't have the same memory as me. As I wonder teams. if it's like a regional thing. Although we're not that jobs. far away, so no, we're think like that... literally like uh, like an hour and a half away. It's just yeah. ridiculous. Um, this is very funny. So, and then my 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 friend Chrissy texted me, and she says barrel drinks are called little hugs, and she is mm-hmm. from the same town as me. However, what uh, Jess and I, you and I, were talking about. In terms of the Kool-Aid jammers, she said that she believes that I was talking about something called Squeeze-Its. And besides Squeeze-Its, there's another brand called Mondo. Yeah, so I messed those up. I And I realized after we recorded, Kool-Aid jammers are more like Capri Sun. They're made by Kool-Aid, and they're, they're shaped like a Capri Sun. It's a pouch with a straw that you poke through the top. I did not have the correct thing in mind when I was talking about no, that. No, actually, you were right, because they did have a version of Squeeze-Its. Oh, okay. So we were talking about the same thing, though. But I, same thing, different brand. But still, it. nobody, like, how many people came to you and were like, oh, yes, Jess, like, you are right. Like, I totally <laughs> use those yeah. tops as a retainer. No. Um, pretty many? sure that Will had listened to the podcast. Like, we were together, and I heard, and he, I was sleeping or something, and he was listening, and I woke up, and then he kept listening, and he was like, no one did that. That is the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> and I was like, people in my school legitimately did this. So maybe it's just a very, very specific brand of dumb people in upstate New York. Certainly possible. Okay. So yeah, Jess, nobody did that. I'm so sorry to tell you. It is weird. It's weird. Okay. It's very weird, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> uh, and then other other general feedback my my childhood friend Chrissy also said that all of our textbooks were super outdated and um I guess I I I don't think I ever read the textbooks so I can't really speak on it 
Yeah, I guess I never really thought. It just seemed very outdated to me. And when you think, like, my last memory of school is college. And in college, you're always buying, like, the latest textbook, which is pretty stupid. A lot of times the change from, like, one edition to the next is, like, a few words. So it's completely unnecessary. But that was my, like, last frame of reference. So I don't know. I guess it makes sense that we would have that as a a mistake. (laughs) All the teachers are coming for us. Yeah, all the teachers are coming for us. Um, Mm -hmm. And then my last little bit of feedback, as you guys know, we um, always have like a weekly drink, whether it be like uh, a a liqueur or not. Mm -hmm. And I did get a suggestion about what we could possibly call. Um, (gasps) We we typically call... What do we typically call it? We just call I don't it even like know. the drink of the week. Dr- drink drink off or something stupid. I don't know. I made it up and it was stupid. What did they suggest? Is it better? So it has to um, be. the first is a little niche. It's So there was this like weird drink called Pooch that apparently was a, a, um, popular in the 90s. It has like this like – it's a green bottle and it has like this like scary lemon guy on it. I, I, he looks like he's a demon. But that's uh, the first suggestion was hooch hit, which I I I, I don't know how we feel about but that. Hooch sounds like a different word, which means like oh. <laughs> someone's vagina. Okay, okay, okay. So that's a no. That's a no. Okay. <laughs> so then a second suggestion was um, late nineties libations. Late nineties libations. Oh, because the L's they're trying to get like the alliteration. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you're not feeling it, but it's a good start. It is. I feel like I like the idea of doing like 90s something. Like, is there another word for alcohol that starts with like an N? We're going to have to workshop this. Yeah. But if anybody, um, if anybody has any additional suggestions, uh, yeah. let us know. We're, yeah, this we is like, I, you know, as we've always said, this podcast is ever evolving, ever changing. And I mean, we can only go up from here. So yeah, yeah, we need a better name. But we didn't, we didn't even get into our drink, drink of the week. I don't know what it was called. (laughs) I can't even remember. That's a bad Um, one. Okay, so yeah, today I'm drinking another champagne in a can because that's what classy girls do. How about you, Jess? I'm drinking a, a Coke Zero and rum again. I just like I didn't have the the front of mind to like think of something else to do this week i promise i will try to be better next time um maybe i'll maybe we'll do like champagne or something for a like married lady podcasting absolutely <laughs> and i will i will take it out of the can yes i'll classy. do that favor for you class all the way yeah <laughs> so um this week's episode of boy meets world is called it's um what is it? Season one, episode eight, called "Teachers Bet." And yeah, they really, they really love the like uh, punny names, huh? <laughs> yeah, they really, really do, and I do too. I love a pun. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was aired on November nineteenth, nineteen ninety three, and um, this episode is a little bit heavier than what we've covered previously. I mean, we've gone into some emotional things um, in previous episodes, but this one 
honestly, it, it, it truly could be made today and the message would be um, as meaningful as it was in 1993, which um, speaks to, you know, Boy Meets World being a show that is not just a kid's show. It also is a show that speaks on real issues. And um, it, it, I, I do have to say that it continues to be very sad to me that these are issues that we've been dealing with for yeah. nearly uh, 30 years. Um yeah. Yeah. It's it, to be frank, like we got into this episode and it's it's difficult. I mean, we'll get through like the not so fun parts and we'll kind of speak on that to be upfront. We're two white women discussing this issue. Now, Sarah is Jewish, so she can speak to that that side of things in that portion of the episode. But obviously, you know, understand where we're coming from. We're not the best. If, if you're looking for discussions on race, Certainly, I would hope that you would not come to a Boy Meets World recap podcast because I don't know how much I can speak on that. But we're obviously going to get into it. It's a heavy topic. We'll go through the light. There's a lot of lightness in this episode as well, so we'll have fun with that. But um, we understand that this is not an easy topic, and you know, we wish we were not have still having to have the same exact discussion that these people had in 1993. You know, there are some, I pulled some quotes from this episode that are really important, I think, and literally could be, have, could have been said today or yesterday. Like it's, it's still Absolutely. happening. So Absolutely. we'll get into all of that, but we will, um, we will, but there, yeah. there are some fun aspects to this episode and um, there's always silliness um, involved, mm-hmm. but uh, let, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Yeah. So we um we start in the cafeteria and um Sean and uh Corey are talking about an article about Barry Bonds, who's a baseball player. For those who are not sports, you know, sports people. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't. I mean, I recognize the name, but basically, the this guy Barry Bonds is making a shit ton of money. So he's making seven point one six million a year to play baseball. Now, that's insane. Like that that is insane to me in general. I spoke to our right. sports correspondent um Will, and he said cuz I said is that normal? Like is that a lot? Is what is what is going on in baseball? But that's in 6 years. What do you mean? What's Oh, yeah, no, no. No, no, the 7 he makes that oh, much yes, a yes, year. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. 43 it was like million dollars because they said that he's the 43 million dollar man. Yeah, so and it was over is, six years. Over six years, yes. Right. So Will said that there's a guy who's named Mike Trout. That's a real name, by the way. It's not a real name. It's a that's his name, I guess. He plays for the Los Angeles Angels, and he's finalizing a contract extension that will be worth four hundred and thirty million dollars, and that's over twelve years. So that's What's like the math. So thirty-five million a year. A 35 year. million a year and that that's like nowadays and I so I was like talking to him about this because again he's like super into baseball I am not a sports person and I was like how is this possible like what what is the deal with like sports players and I mean it's not it's not specifically baseball right this happens across all sports we all know that sports players get paid a lot of money but he said that like before it used to be that like the owners would make a ton more and more recently it's shifted to the players making a lot more, but they're still, what do you do? What do you do with $35 million a year? Like what do you possibly spend or save or what do you do with $35 million a year? Well, 
if you had that much money, you can do whatever you want. The first thing I would do is um, buy a house, get it a car that uh, does not scream and beep at me in mm-hmm. anger. Um, get veneers for teeth. I mean, what would you do with that much money? You could do anything with that much money. That's the problem, right? Like, I feel like the people who make that much money are not the people who should make that much money because, yes. like, why isn't it? Why aren't there like like headlines of like baseball player so and so donates half of his annual salary to charity? Like, why is that not a thing that happens? It I mean, doesn't happen. It doesn't happen, and it should. But that's anyway. That was kind of my point. I was very frustrated with this, especially when you hear that Mr. Feeney only makes forty thousand a year. Now, um, nowadays. Yeah. A tenured teacher like Feeney, I would say, depending on what subjects he teaches and where he is and blah, 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 he's well, probably Feeney making like every subject. Right. So he's probably making like 60K, maybe 80, like depending on where he is. But that's oh. still nothing compared no. to like uh, what, $35 million a year. Yes. So yeah. Minkus is obviously distressed about this. Yes. And of why course, does Minkus know Feeney's salary anyway? You know what? I bet Feeney told him because Feeney tells everybody everything. <laughs> Feeney loves spilling the tea, especially his own yeah. and his students. Yeah. He's a tea spiller. So Minkus is upset about this. Sean and Corey are like, oh, he's overpaid for his job. You know, his he, what he does is so – he does the same thing every year. Nothing ever changes. He's so predictable. And it's like oh, – Corey and Sean just like shut up, just shut up. No, <laughs> yeah, they're little, sh- they're really little shits to be honest with you. They are like they, and so then like um, then Corey predicts what Feeney's gonna do. He's gonna walk in. He's gonna drink out of the water fountain. He's gonna wipe his mustache. We're gonna have the same conversation, and of course it happens. But <sighs> yeah, it's a it's a cute bit, but uh, but. You know, we cut after the credits and we're in the classroom and today Feeney's teaching social studies and today they're covering the topic of prejudice and specifically this week they were intending on covering um, black slavery in, in the American South and the Jews in Nazi Germany and specifically they're going to read Anne Frank, uh, the diary of Anne Frank. Right. Did you read Anne Frank in school? I think I read the diary of Anne Frank in uh, Hebrew school, and I think I read it in uh, normal school. I don't really remember what year, so I can't. I definitely know it was not sixth grade, but mm-hmm. um, I believe at some point I did read it, and it was probably around the same time I was reading it during Hebrew school. I probably got assigned the book at like around the same time, whenever that was. Yeah. Um, I- I think I read it when I was the age of Anne Frank. Like, I feel like that's when we got assigned the book to read in school. Right. So, um, obviously, if you have not read this book, um, I think that anybody should. Jess, I know that you said that um, off air, off air, (laughs) um, that you read it recently and it was um, a a read that, like, resonated with you even – as an adult. So. Yeah. Yeah. I have two copies of the book, actually. I don't know how I ended up with two copies somewhere along the way, but I read it less than a few years ago. And it's still, it just like, it grips you. Right. And it's it's kind of hard to believe that it's 
it's easy to believe it's a child and it's hard to believe because she's very naive. So you kind of get that, but she's so mature and the way she speaks about things is like right. so mature. And it, it really is like, there's a reason it's, it's so popular and, and so well known. Um, and there's a reason that people like to read about um, like the Nazi invasion and, and all of that stuff in the Holocaust. And it's because there's like, it's gripping. It's, it's heartbreaking. Um, Absolutely. And I think yeah. it's important. Um, I think that it does make sense for um, a 15 or a 14 year old to read it because you're just living in your own world at that age. And I think it's important to put yourself in somebody that could have been you or could have been a peer of yours. And um, I think it shifts your, pers- uh, your perspective as um, a young person. So I think that would make sense to read that um, at that, that age. Um, mm-hmm. So um, we can get, a little bit more into this. Um, I think that it's really important to have an understanding that this has been, um, this has been a like ongoing trying to find the right words here. Um, because, you know, I, I grew up as a Jewish person, uh, in a town that I was one of three in my grade and um, people, uh, a a Jewish person. And, um, you know, I kind of learned for a very, from a very young age that I was different. So um, Judaism, for me in general, is, um, it's just challenging because I think that we can get into the prejudice of it all. But this is, I don't know. I'm trying to find the right words, Jess. Yeah. I, I'm not a, I, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm just, I don't know if I'm like the best person to speak on this type of stuff, but um, I think I have to back up. That's fine. I'm trying. Hmm. What am I trying to say? I don't even know. I mean, it's not like certainly not an easy topic to talk about regardless, but like, we can get into, if you want, we can get into more of the heavy stuff later because that's kind of when it comes to a head Yeah, at the end. Yeah. I, I, I guess all in all, I just think that all of us need to broaden our horizons. I think that there was a big movement earlier in the year to read literature like um, White Fragility. Fragility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. White Fragility. Yeah, white fragility. Um, and books that change your perspective. Um from what you're used to. And I think that if you're looking for um, a literal, uh, a literary tool as for Judaism as well, I think that the diary of Anne Frank is a good place to start because it's very accessible. And also it, it, it changes your perspective about this is a real person and somebody's real story. And um, you know, it, this, diary ended because her life ended so i think it's a it's a good place to start if anyone's looking to broaden their horizons so that's 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 the beginning of of all of this yeah and it's like i think i mean we can kind of get into feeny's reaction right because Corey is being a class clown again and 
Feeney calls him up, you know, after class ends and says, you know, you're making my job very difficult by, you know, constantly calling out things in class or whatever. And I think like good on Feeney for not blowing up at Corey because this is like such a tough thing to talk about anyway. And then to have someone making light of it can't be easy. Um, yeah, this is not the time and not the place, Corey. I mean, yeah. <laughs> please, like, make your little jokes in, I don't know, if you want to make jokes about arithmetic, then fine, but, like, not in this particular thing. Yeah, yeah. So he basically says, like, oh, well, your job, your job is so easy. So they end up making a bet um, uh, that Corey's going to teach Feeney's class for a week and uh, Feeney's going to be a student and all of the kids are going to take a test that Feeney comes up with at the end of the week. And if um, basically if the if more students pass than average with, with Feeney teaching, then Corey gets one fifth of Feeney's paycheck. And yeah, <laughs> and if they don't, then Corey has to give up his bike that his parents just got him. And I did some math because, of course, I did. Um, and if we're doing, let's say Feeney makes $40,000 a year, yeah, a fifth of his weekly paycheck would be about $153, but then you also have to take out taxes, which I assume, <laughs> I assume that Feeney would be doing. So yes. Yeah. I think that Feeney is very by the book with the IRS. He's definitely <laughs> not, he's definitely not of the tax evading type. Mm-hmm. So that would be what that money worked out to, which is kind of funny considering like a nice bike. If his parents got him a nice bike, it could be about that amount of money. So it's an even trade. Pretty much. Okay, fine. So, um, yeah. Oh, and also we didn't mention this, but super awesome to see that Topanga has returned. She's come back. I'm so excited. Um, this is our her first appearance since episode four, Corey's Alternative Friends. So it took uh, you know, she come, I like doubled the episodes for her to come back. Like we're yeah. on episode eight now. So um, hopefully she's going to be more of a stable um, or like a consistent figure. Um, only time will tell. She definitely will be by the start of next season. So um, yeah, but we're a little, we're a little thirsty for like, more Topanga content. So yeah, definitely. De we definitely need another female presence in the in the show. So I'm I'm yes. really excited to see her back and her cute outfits. Um yes. and her crimpy hair. So. Oh, I love the hair. I love the <laughs> hair. Um so we're back at home. Eric um is bringing home a new girlfriend. This really this really cool and really smart because that's going uh, flashing forward to the only two adjectives apparently Corey knows is really cool and really smart. <laughs> yeah. um, his new girlfriend, Linda. And um, I guess we can say goodbye to Heather. And I yeah. guess we can say goodbye to Jessica. Uh, they're long gone. Forget <laughs> yep. about it. Heather who? Um, Never knew her. On to Linda. <laughs> on to Linda. And um, there's like some really cute interactions with Morgan. Morgan is always trolling Eric's love life. And he's always, um, she's always just like spilling all of it. And she, she says that Eric's been dating like billions of girls because, <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess Eric can get it. Um, 
But I think like Eric's officially has dated more people than I have in my entire oh, yeah. life at this point. Oh, me too. And he has like, he's pulling a little bit of like a Feeny con where like he invites them over to study and that's how he like reels them in and then he seduces them into dating him or something according to Morgan which is hilarious (laughs) I do like that Morgan is always involved and it does seem to work as we've seen consistently um but uh I don't know I think that he needs like some new tricks we'll see if this like continues on constantly yeah we'll see if Linda lasts more than an episode sorry Linda but I doubt it I doubt it (laughs) So, um, Corey, uh, races Alan home. They reveal that, you know, he has this new bike and, um, and he's, Corey's really excited to tell his parents about his bet that he made with Feeney. And, um, (laughs) and I don't know, it's, the stakes are just really high and Alan knows it and Amy knows it and it's, uh. I think they all knew, know that, like, Corey's, like, doomed to begin with. Yeah. Oh, they know for sure. Because I think his mom is like, you barely even pull a C in history. How are you supposed to teach it? And, of course, Alan's like, I just bought him that bike. But Amy's smarter. She knows this is another con by Feeney. She knows that, like, it's a Feeney lesson. I think she says, like, a like a Feeneyism, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and Corey just continues to just downplay the importance of teachers and how their job is hard because Corey says that basically Feeney's Vanna White and he, yeah. the, the book does the teaching, but all Corey does is like points. And I mean, I think Vanna White probably works really hard. <laughs> so, I, mean, I, I would hope that Feeney works harder than Vanna White at his job. Like I imagine it takes a little bit more work, but Vanna you know. White has tenure. Oh yeah. She's been on that show forever. <laughs> forever yeah um Um, so yeah so his parents are obviously less than enthused about this and rightfully so because the next day he goes into class and introduces himself as hey dude um it's immediate (laughs) it's immediate anarchy he says no more dress codes you know we can do whatever we want and this is where this is where it got strange because uh, basically Tamika's like oh does that if we can wear hats can we eliminate the dress code altogether and she's like I'd like to wear a sari or a pareo I think is what it's called yeah so um, pareo is basically a sarong it's of like Tahiti descent yeah or- I looked it up because I wasn't I know what a sari is I wasn't familiar with the pareo but like why would that not be allowed like a sari okay no, saris saris um are totally like dress code appropriate yes right because they cover your entire body nearly maybe a shoulder would be out right um yeah a pareo if it's like a sarong then we might be concerned about clavicles and shoulders what is the dumbest dress code that you had like a dumb dress code you had in school that didn't Hmm. make sense to you um well the main dress code thing that comes to mind is the fingertips rule how if you stood, you had to put your arms at like straight yeah. and your um, skirt would not be able to go. If it was shorter than your fingertips, then you were not allowed to wear the skirt or the shorts. But my issue with that is like, what happens if you have like really short arms? Yeah. So. 
Yeah. Or I really mean, long arms. We had that same one, but the one that annoyed me was that your straps on your shirt had to be at least three fingers wide. That's a lot um, of fingers. Which doesn't make any sense because you can't wear like tank tops essentially and you couldn't wear tube tops. That was a no-no. Yeah. But also can I point out that – and also we – I think – did I mention this in an earlier podcast that we couldn't wear those sweatpants that had the words on the bo- on the butt? <laughs> no juicy pants. No juicy pants. But yes. let me just point out that all of these restrictions were for girls. Not a single restriction oh. to the boys' dress code. And on top of okay. that, I specifically remember in high school, and this would be, again, I went to high school a long time ago. Things would be, I would hope, very different now. I don't think they I, are. I mean, but, okay. for this specific example, we had, uh, there was a boy in our class who, like, as a joke, wore a skirt to, to school one day. And I'm pretty sure he got in trouble and he was forced to change. If that happened nowadays imagine um, like the news would be called because of this like because that's not okay to basically you're saying that like all dress code restrictions are just for girls and that like men can't dress in a skirt which they should be allowed to do that and it wasn't it wasn't something that was like the fingertip thing it was like down past his knees but was he doing he was doing it to be a prankster or did he genuinely feel comfortable in a skirt I think that he probably was doing it as a prank, but I feel like regardless, it shouldn't matter the intent. I hear you. Yeah. I just like feel like, you know, maybe in that case, like maybe some girls would take offense to it. But I mean, if it's a boy that wants to wear a skirt and that's what he feels comfortable in and that's right. what he feels like is um, the clothes that they would like to wear – then yeah, I agree with you. Then they yeah. should be allowed to wear a skirt. But if it's like, if he's just being like kind of like high school boys are kind of a jerk. So it's like, if he's just like doing it to like neg the girls, then I don't know. I but, think it was more of against like the school administration than than anything else. Like a let's see what I can get away with type of thing. But okay. regardless, I didn't mean to yeah. make the episode like heavier than it already is. But it was something yeah. that stuck out to me because I'm like, why wouldn't she be allowed to wear a sari? Considering when we see her in a sari, there's nothing inappropriate about it. I know, I know. I I am curious about that as well. I mean, she um looked beautiful in the sari and yeah. I I don't think that I don't see why she would not be able to. I do agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know what Feeny has against uh clothes that make you feel and look like a goddess, but Maybe. Maybe I imagine it was the school administration, not just Feeny, although it'd be weird if she was allowed to like, like all of a sudden she asks one class if she could wear something she's going to have to wear it the entire day. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but But, Feeny teaches all the classes. Oh, right. That's true. Um, But anyway, so Corey gets back home um, to tell his dad all about his his first day of teaching. And um He's like, oh, I'm the I'm the best teacher of all time. Also, there was a huggy on the table. I don't know if you noticed next to the game. I, like, I, <laughs> I did not notice. I, I have an eye for huggies. Than, yeah, you you really do. Little hugs, not huggies, but um, yeah, huggies, huggies are, the, are diapers. The I know. I but we always call them huggies. Um, so he's telling his dad about about everything, and his dad's like, so let me get this straight. Like, you didn't <laughs> actually teach anything. Feeney has to take the test, right? And Corey's like, yeah. He's like, he's grading on a curve. So, like, Feeney's going to ace the test. Everybody else is going to fail it. And then your bike's going to be gone. 
I it's very short sighted. Um, I don't understand. Like, I do feel as though Corey should administer and create his own test if we really wanted to make this uh, uh, good. And like, I'm sure if you yeah. just spell your name right, then you get all the points. But um, yeah, this is this seems like a, a trap, and Corey realizes it's a trap as well, and then. Simultaneously this afternoon, um, a important or like a, a little part of the storyline is that Linda, Eric's new girlfriend, gifts Morgan a Japanese lantern. So this uh, puts some context into Linda's um, heritage. Mm-hmm. It's a Japanese uh, lantern from Tokyo, um, which was very nice of Linda. Linda it was is cute, too. Yeah, Linda's a really good girlfriend. Honestly, um, she's at the top of the list for girlfriends. I think I like her better than both the Heathers. Jessica really left a um, lasting impression, mainly mm-hmm. because of her voluminous, flowy hair. But Ugh, yes. um, I really like this Linda. Um, I do too. I'm going to feel sad when she doesn't come back ever again. I know. Oh, and another important thing to note is when Corey was, I pulled this quote, when Corey was talking to Alan about um, like, oh, I don't understand why we're still reading about this. It happened a long time ago when there was prejudice and stuff. And like hearing that, like I said, this is one of those things that could have been said, like, it's it's like mm-hmm. when there was prejudice, it's, it's, it really yeah, is white absolutely. privilege and, and they don't get into white privilege exactly. They don't, they don't say the words white privilege, but it, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously watching this in 2020, that's automatically what you think of um, mm-hmm. in this. And, and that is like, you know, up until a few years ago, that is what people you kind of heard. You heard that like, oh, like. racism doesn't really exist and like it's kind of like a thing of the past and we had you know a black president and like that's kind of the narrative that people were saying but it you know it is extremely prevalent and um then back in 20 2008 when we did elect president obama and it's extremely prevalent now um it's just that finally now in 2020 um, we're talking about it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So that's something to keep an eye on because there are a lot of more. There, are, excuse me. There are a lot more quotes later on that kind of tie yes. into to what Corey was saying. Yes. But um, so we we go back um, into school the next day. Oh my god! And- it's chaos. It's horrible. <laughs> this is a disaster. Oh. It is so bad. It's it's so terrible. And Sean's playing poker with Mr. Feeney. Yeah, they're playing poker for gum. Um, And not just gum, juicy fruit and chiclets, like garbage gum, like garbage trash candy. (laughs) They couldn't even get like um, some like, what is it, double mint or like anything like that? Oh, double mint was good. Double mint was excellent. Trident, I think, was what I ate a lot of when it's a kid. What about zebra fruit? I didn't eat that. I wasn't. Al- I wasn't allowed to have gum that wasn't sugar free. <laughs> <when I> was- <laughs> um, what about? Um, oh my god! So talking about baseball, have you ever had Big League Chew? Yeah, I liked the grape one. Yeah, Big League Chew or bubble tape. I had that, but I don't. I didn't really. Ca- I didn't really care for bubble gum that had the taste of bubble gum. Like I liked like mint gum as a child. Yeah, you're disturbed. <laughs> Well, to be fair, the Trident kind, they had that orange one that I liked. Trash. 
That was good. Weird. I liked um, it. I but am yeah. a fan of cinnamon gum if I don't have a mint uh, Okay. I just fine. feel like it, there's no point in cinnamon gum. <laughs> Wait, it's zesty. What do you mean? Tastes good. I just want something that's going to refresh my breath. Oh, okay. So, um... Also, can we talk about how Feeny was literally the gif of, hello, fellow kids, or hello, fellow children, <laughs> when he walks in, yeah. and it's he a- says the words, chillin' with my homies. Chillin' with my homies. Hey, dude, I'm just chillin' with my homies, yo. What and do you think would be the today's equivalent of that? Like, if an adult was trying to be a kid, what do you think they would say? Uh, okay, so we're talking about, like, Gen Z talk? I guess so. I mean, um, I don't know that we're the ones to talk about Gen Oh, my Z. gosh. Well, I mm. did learn, like, one Gen Z phrase that just okay. tickles me. What is that? Uh, I, I, okay, so if you like something, then you say, so, like, I'm drinking um, my, my um, champagne in a can. I say, I would say, I stand the champagne um wait no what is it okay i know stan uh, no not stan oh. um oh god Th- these kids they just make no sense oh I know, like, uh, stan makes- champ- like i would say like stan this champagne can for clear skin for clear skin for clear skin like it's gonna clear up your skin like um like you what is that i've you never like heard it that. so much that your skin you, you wanted to have clear skin okay uh, it's like a i don't get it <laughs> okay i don't get that but that's fine i feel like you'd have to include the phrase like lit or like is lit still a thing i, I don't think so lit. jessica <laughs> oh it's not a thing anymore i don't know i don't go I don't on know. tiktok i'm too old yeah stand for clear skin so it means that good you want good things to happen to them so jessica oh. i stand you for clear skin oh thank you so much i wish this it would go away <laughs> it would be wonderful if i, I stand myself stand, for clear skin so yeah I if i only clean. stand you for clear skin sooner then maybe you wouldn't have a sit on your wedding week oh the worst you're right <laughs> um or my other favorite talk uh, by the, the by the uh, the TikTok generation is um, talk less. So like, oh, I've you, heard that. Yeah, if like you're like getting really amped uh, about something, um, you would say talk less. Like but I know I what you're ask, about to say, talk less. Um, is that not from Hamilton though? I don't think that the TikTokers got it from Hamilton, sis. Just asking because they say it in Hamilton, so it's not exactly uh, original, people. <laughs> it's not original. You children. Um, okay, so <laughs> so Feeney comes in. He's wearing, like, Corey's clothes, essentially. He's wearing a Phillies jersey and, like, some getup that is unholy. And it's just chaos. Like, Topanga is in her sari, which is beautiful. And she wants to sit on a yogurt mat. Um, (laughs) And then Minkus is bouncing on a birthing ball. And there's, like, paper flying everywhere. There's, like, chaos. It's, like, Corey can't get control over his classroom. And, like, he asks Sean for help. And he's, like, dude, like, you sound like a teacher. Like, get Mm -hmm. over yourself. Like, you did this. uh, You know. Don't you uh, think that, then, like, any teachers walking by would notice this chaos and be like, what the fuck is Mr. Feeney Exactly. Doing? <laughs> I mean, it's so noisy. And then 
Corey's what Corey, so Corey's approach to taking class more seriously because like he realizes that he's gonna lose his bike is going to take roll call. It's like uh of all the things that you're going to do, you want to take roll call right now. Like yeah. you know the students in your classroom. You could just take roll call on your own. Yeah, you you know everybody. What is the point in that? And it is it is a mess. And you think like imagine I mean, we always talk about Minkus's parents. Imagine Minkus's parents' reaction when he goes home and tells him one of the students is teaching history. <laughs> oh my god, no! That would go straight to the straight to the principal, right to the yep. superintendent. Like that would be like done. Like cut this. Like Feeney would definitely get like teacher detention, whatever that is. Yes, exactly. That was my exact <laughs> thought. That would, especially. That would be – it would be a very mild reaction in 1993 compared to the 2020 reaction that a parent would have if this had happened. I mean, if this happened today, then it would already be on the TikTok yes, the Snapchat, and it would be, like, spreading like wildfire, and then next thing you know, it's going to be on the news, and it's just going to be a disaster. And then we're going to have to call them – like, it would be, like, done for. Thank goodness they didn't have cell phones at yes. that point, or more, poor Feeney would definitely be in major trouble. Yes. So, um, Corey's back at home reading the diary of Van Frank. Um, you know, he's really getting into it and in comes Eric and Linda and Corey finds out that while at the mall and he's like, oh, our mall. Like, yes, Corey, this happened in Philadelphia where you live that today, today. Yes. He's like, this happens today. Yeah, bro. Like, what do you not understand? This happened yeah. like literally today at your mall that was 10 minutes away. Yeah, someone called Linda a slur, essentially. She's Japanese, and someone, you know, used a derogatory word towards her. So she's obviously very upset. Eric's trying to comfort her. In walks Morgan and Amy. Um, You know, Morgan's too young to really – I mean, Corey doesn't even understand, and Morgan's certainly too young. She's like, one time a boy in my school called me, like, a poo-poo head or something like that. <laughs> Which was cute, and yeah. I think Linda did appreciate that. Yeah, and it's just like one of those things where Corey didn't real. This is kind of the first moment that Corey is realizing, like, wow, racism and prejudice isn't something of the past. You know, right. it, it's maybe, maybe it's not as overt as it once was. Uh, still, occasionally is obviously, but it's not as you know overt as it used to be. But it's still there. It it's, has not gone away. Absolutely, um, yeah. yeah. And I think that, um, unfortunately, sometimes some people need to see it happen either in front of them yeah. or to somebody that's close to them to grasp that. Um, yeah. But I mean, these things, it's its not like Santa Claus, you know? Like, you don't need yeah. to see it to believe it. You just have to believe what people are saying. So Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of a shock to him. Um, and so then – it kind of translates to his reaction back in the, we go back to the classroom the next day. No one's paying attention and walks Feeney in a meatloaf sweatshirt. Which, okay. This get up. I have um, words about that later. Okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> um, so, but Corey comes and like, he's actually in like a fancy little get up. Yes. Yeah, um, cute suit. It's almost it, like his suit from the, um, geography. Tournament. Yeah. From the, um, from Killer B. Yes. But this is a different suit. Like, that suit was, like, definitely more formal. Like, this is, like, his take on, like, a teacher suit, which yeah. I thought was really cute. Yeah. Um. 
So he, Corey, um, has really come in to this classroom with um, a, a lesson plan. I would, uh, I would, I would guess, or at least having an outline of what he wants to say for the first time in three days. And um, he essentially is saying that he he cites his example that prejudice still happens um, in this world today. And as I mentioned before, he says <laughs> things about really smart, really cool people like nine yeah. times. But um <laughs> But essentially, he says that he saw a really cool, really smart girl cry her eyes out because of something that happened at their local mall um, as of, like, just the day before. And, mm-hmm. you know, he he says a lot of great things. I know that you pulled some lines. Yeah. So he basically he gets he gets fed up because still nobody is um is listening. So he's like, whatever, I give up. I'm leaving. And he's he's at the door when he kind of thinks of an idea to get their attention. And so he asks like, Oh, Sean, isn't your mom's name, whatever. And it, it's like an Italian name. And so then he calls him an Italian, a slur for Italians, which is uh, basically, I've looked up the, where it derived from and it's, it's, um it's without passports. That's how they kind of came up with like WOP oh. without passports. Okay. Um. So he calls Sean that and Sean like flips out because obviously like he's heard the word and he knows it's not okay. He's like, Feeney, aren't you going to do something? And Feeney's like, he's the teacher. I don't know what you want me to do. And this is kind of the quote I pulled and, and uh, Corey says, what if you lived in a country where I could kill you just because of your last name? And he's trying to kind of get through to Sean and say, listen, this is exactly what happened to the Jewish people in Nazi Germany. They were killed because they were Jewish. It, it could right. be the same thing for you because you're Italian even. And I mean, we'll get into like how be, you know, it's, it's different than, um, being Italian is not the same thing as being black, you know, like it's, it's obviously very different, but this is a good example to kind of relate to, to Judaism in a way, you know, in the, yes, in, absolutely. Yeah. So he gets Sean's attention in that way. And then he, once he has his attention and this is the quote that I thought was the best quote of the episode, literally again, like people could say this now and it would still be, and it's horrible, but it would still be correct and it would still be something that's happening right now and it is um when someone calls someone else a bad name it's not good that just one person jumps up we all have to jump up exactly and <sighs> and i i thought that was very powerful and mm-hmm. um actually it was a it it showed you a visual to go along with that because um Sean was the only one that reacted to that even though yeah. Corey was specifically talking to Sean but the point is that all the children should have um spoken up about it and said right. that's not right and i think that goes back to what we learned this year as well it's not enough for just um black people to say it's wrong it's mm-hmm. all of us have to say um prejudice is wrong and yep. racism is wrong and it's important for all of us to use our voices, um, not only to be allies, not only to say it once, and not only to, you know, s- s- take one day where you post a black Instagram yeah. picture and, you know, um, that's that. Like, I've done my 
I've done my part, you know, it's yeah. so much more than that. Um, and we should continue to do that. And I, I know that um, the majority of our listeners know this and respect this and right. are, you know, friends of everybody. But and I and I, I like Justin, and I said, like, you know, we're not totally the people to stand up and talk about this. Um, this yeah. Issue, but I think it's just something that especially this year, it's just um, really impacted all of us. And and it, it does cross over to Judaism as well. Like in 2019, there were um, the most anti-Semitic attacks um, in a very, very long time. So it's it's not only happening to the Black community, it's also we're also seeing a ton of hatred towards the Jewish community as well. And mm-hmm. um, I think that it's something that we also need to pay attention to. I think that it's not something, it's not as big as a, like um, a voiced um, campaign or argument. And I, I'm not taking away anything from the black lives matter um, movement. I think that, that I think, it's extremely important, but it's also mm-hmm. something that um, I've seen a lot of my Jewish friends voice is that, you know, we don't get um, close to the same acknowledgement. Uh, and, um, you know, when there's attacks on Judaism, it doesn't seem to be um, as like vocalized as a big deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all a big deal, you know? Yeah, you know all of I mean? it. It's yeah, you're right. All of it is a big deal. And that's like when when he had that quote of like, Mm -hmm. we all have to jump up. That is exactly what Black Lives Matter means. Exactly. All lives can't matter until Black Lives Matter. That's exactly Exactly. what it is. And it's that's the problem that I have with people who are like, oh, well, it's blue lives matter and all lives matter. And no, it's not because there's a, a silent comma two after Black Lives Matter. Right. And and that's exactly what Corey is saying here. And it's a great message. And it's it's in 1993. It's in a children's show. But this is exactly the type of things that kids should be watching. Um, exactly because it's it's um it's digestible not only for adults but also for children. So now this nowadays the show would certainly have more diversity. Um, I would hope. Right, we would all hope. Yes. But even still, I think that this is like you could show a kid this show today and they would learn something from it. Absolutely. And I think Boy Meets World, you know, they didn't do there's not enough diversity. You know, a, a lot of these shows like Friends, it's a, a group of white friends. Sex mm-hmm. and City is a group of white friends. But Boy Meets World did showcase the first one of the first interracial couples that we've seen on TV, which I feel as though um, was beautiful to see. And not only it was a, um, a black woman in, in Angela, I just want to make sure it was a black woman with Angela who we'll see in a, a, a couple of seasons and Sean, and they had an extremely loving and supportive relationship, which is also something um that is culturally important to see an interracial couple um, having a loving relationship like that. So, Mm -hmm. but um, as we've learned, um, the actress that played Angela felt extremely, um, Trina McGee Davis, she 
felt um, a little isolated because she was the only person of color, not only in the cast, but also in the crew. So um, all these shows, especially in the 90s, could do better with diversity. Um, Yeah. And unfortunately, that's just something that like because it was a show in the 90s and that was unless you had an all black cast like kind of like family matters or something along those lines or or fresh prince right like generally you're not going to have the diversity that you should so that's obviously something that to keep an eye on in this show Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean like we said we're not the best people to cover this topic but we felt like it was imperative that we kind of did stop down and and talk more seriously about it and kind of be good allies as best we can Yeah. Um. with that. So, um, and I invite anybody, if they have um, anything that they would like to add, we would love yeah. to hear. If you hear something that you disagree with and would like to educate mm-hmm. us on, we are very, very, very open to yeah. hearing whatever you have to say. Also, um, I do highly recommend White Fragility. I'm about halfway through the audiobook, and I feel like it's it's very digestible and it's literally the least somebody can do to educate themselves because it's such a short book. Um, but yeah, so after kind of all of that happens, um, it, uh, anyway, so so moving on from that, um, Corey is getting the results of the test um, scores from Feeney. And it turns out that the same number of kids passed and failed that always do. Nothing changed. Um, the only th- the things that did change were that Sean passed the test and he normally doesn't do that well on tests. Yeah. So Feeney once again, like reveals all the kids grades to Corey. I know. Again. So weird. Always. Um, so Sean got a B when he, he, he normally gets like a, a C I suppose. So, and also, um, a big achievement is that Corey observed and learned, um, from teaching as well Mm -hmm. and you know he said that he didn't think that um you know Corey would a read the book but b you know take anything from it and Mm -hmm. once again this is like a classic Feeney lesson um I feel like Feeney just really goes out of his way to like hone in and get Corey to like I was just gonna say it's only Corey (laughs) yeah only Corey and like I I mean, there's, like, this old joke that, like, Feeney's, like, very obsessed with Corey and, like, you know, Alan wants to know, like, what exactly, like, Feeney wants to do with Corey's bike. And I, I just think it's to add to the shrine that, like, Feeney is slowly creating <laughs> of Corey, kind of like the um, uh, the Hey Arnold, Helga, Pataki. Yes, yes. Um, uh, the closet shrine. shrine. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's just like that, actually. But it's very like Dumbledore, Harry Potter esque. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but, um, you know, I, I, I think that, um, I think that it, it hones in that, you know, even, you know, a, a teacher, um, you know, they can do everything in their power and there's still going to be kids that don't absorb the information. And like, just as a teacher, you're going to have to like continue to deal with, um, Feeney says like the lack of respect or yeah. the unruly students or the minuscule pay. But, uh, ultimately if you reach that one student, it, um, seems to be worth it. Um, yeah. So, 
Yeah. And um, so that's kind of our lesson for the, you know, the week. And then the post credits scene um, is Linda becomes a cheerleader and Amy is showing Eric. She's like, oh, I was a cheerleader. Do you want to see one of her old cheers? And she does it, which is like, that was a weird cheer, I thought. But um, <laughs> Linda comes in and of course, it's the same exact cheer. Yeah. Um, it was cute. It was cute. It have was you cute. Um, have you ever seen the sh- the Netflix show Cheer? No, I, I knew it was like it's very big, like in the middle of quarantine. But I have not, I have not seen. I it. loved that show. I love that show, and it 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 um it is actually modern cheerleading, and uh, they are spectacular. So I, I I'm a bit like scarred. Like I don't know when I was when I started high school. Uh, a lot of my friend group became cheerleaders and it was like very much a thing with them. And it was very like, I don't know. They weren't mean about it, but it felt very exclusive almost. And I was like, so not into it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, we don't like cheerleaders. Um, we're anti-cheerleader. I mean, it's fine. It's just one of those things where I'm like, I and I, here's the thing. I don't – I'm not one of those people that fall into the category of, like, cheerleading's not a sport. Bitch, I can't do what they do. Like, that is definitely a sport. That shit looks hard. Like, that's a sport. But either way. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a sport. So yes. good for Linda. She is climbing the high school social ladder. Yeah. And I guess Eric is climbing it with her. Um, yeah. <laughs> good for them. So um, that is our episode. Um it was heavy, you know, like it was definitely, yeah. um, as we discussed, very relevant. Um, I think it's important. I think that, like I said in the beginning, this is kind of what, um, why Boy Meets World is kind of on a different level than like some other shows from like the TGIF era. Like, yeah. So. Yeah. And it, um, yeah, I mean it's it we're gonna get into more episodes later, which I'm sure they all a lot of them have heavy topics. This one is just particularly kind of resonates with us right now because this is still an issue. It's not like it's gone the way of landlines. Like this is still here, it's still happening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I wish it would go the way of landlines, honestly. No one needs a landline. No one needs no. racism. Um no. But into our uh, on a lighter note, we're gonna get into our fashion awards. Yay! Um, so uh, I am nominating people this week. Um, so for the Rachel Green Award, um, I have a few options. Option one, I thought that like very nineties to me was Corey's turtleneck, and I believe it was like in the opening scene. He oh. has the red, blue, and green <laughs> striped turtleneck. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a look. It was definitely a look. Um I kind of love. It I was love very different for him. Like cuz usually he's yes. wearing like he wears yellow later in the episode which is very much red, red and yellow or like his colors and purple occasionally. Um but uh second nominee I have <laughs> Mr. Feeney with the meatloaf sweatshirt oh. and baseball cap. And I believe he had flannel on underneath. I could see it peeking through. Oh, my gosh. It, you know, it is – it's just everything to me. It's – but the meatloaf cap, though, there yeah. was not only a meatloaf shirt, there was a meatloaf cap. And I I love – not the food, but I love meatloaf. Actually, I, if anybody wants a really good turkey meatloaf recipe, I do have one. 
but um, <laughs> a really good one. But um, yes, I love this ensemble. And I think it's hilarious that uh, Feeny is like just a meatloaf fan. So the funny thing is, is my dad is probably the biggest meatloaf fan ever. Oh? He loves meatloaf so much so that oh. when I was like 11 or 12 and we went on vacation, we went cross country in an RV and we stopped in Vegas. And in Vegas, we saw Cindy Lauper and Meatloaf in concert. Shut up. Yeah. Why were you happened. not talking about this in our episode uh, discussing concerts? That's incredible. I want to well, do that. Well, it wasn't. Here's the problem. For me personally, it was not a good concert because that summer, I believe, was the first time I got my period as a young girl. Oh. And I had my period during this concert and I had the worst cramps like oh, known no. to me and, and I think that's where I discovered that at the time for me Advil liquid gels were like the best thing for them but so <laughs> if you have like yeah. mild period cramps I do recommend um Advil liquid gels but so yeah so we did see them in concert my dad loves paradise by the dashboard lights I love paradise by the dashboard lights like I love that movie so good yes so classic Feeny. So um, so he's my second nominee. And then third nominee, I have um, Morgan's outfit. And I believe it's when she comes into comfort, Linda. She's wearing like floral overalls. She has a pink turtleneck underneath and like red shoes. And I'm just like, that is a look, girl. Like you get it. I love floral overalls. <laughs> yeah, she's so cute. She's such a little nugget. I, I yeah. do like this look. And her turtleneck is, like, so long that's, like, basically at her chin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's overdone. Um, so those are my three. Those are my three options. What are your thoughts? I just need to give it to Feeny. I, I mean, we – I love this meatloaf look. It's just, like, this meatloaf sweatshirt and, like, the meatloaf cap. And he's just, like – I mean, this is what I would like Feeny to wear all the time. But, I, yeah. I mean – I can't say hello fellow kids. Yeah, I say that (laughs) I yeah, this is like his fellow like cool dude uh outfit, but um yeah, is it like as good as the gardening smock? Probably not, but I like it. I like it a so, lot. All right. So congrats, Feeny. I doubt we're going to see him winning the 90s outfit award too much. So good on you, Feeny. You yeah. Did good job, Feeny. Um, and on to the Paul Rudd Certificate of Timelessness. Um, I only have two for this one. Um, I have Topanga Sari. I was obsessed with it. It's be- And I'm specifically talking about the first one. So it's very like – it's so so many colors, um, very rainbowy, and it just looked – beautiful so i couldn't not give you know mention that one nominate that absolutely um and the second one is also a topanga outfit and it is the very first outfit she's wearing in the first scene um she has a black choker with some like jewels on the front and it's a green long sleeve shirt that kind of like is puffed out and cinched at the wrist um i just feel like that top would be uh, a very you kind of can wear it anytime but I feel like people nowadays would like that top yeah like this is kind of it's kind of like um like 
either like Renaissance fair mm-hmm. or like a peasant top, I guess you would call it. Like we used to call them peasant tops. Yeah, I think right? it is still a peasant top. But the problem is that like with Topanga's outfits is like we always see her in class. So I can never see the bottoms. I believe she's wearing like black pants because like the angle's hard. But that's what I think she's wearing with them. I assume she's wearing the combat boots again. Yeah. Um, Topanga loves wearing black leggings and yeah. combat boots. And her hair is beautifully crimped, and Mm -hmm. she has her feathered bangs. But I'm going to have to give it to the sari. Like, we love the sari. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It does make her look like a goddess. We have all the colors of the rainbow. Her hair is still beautifully crimped. So I think that we can both agree that the sari is the winner this week. And I was hoping you'd give it to that one. (laughs) Yeah, Topanga, you may wear your sari any time of the year with or without – uh, dress code restrictions. Yes, absolutely. So look at that. Feeny and Topanga. I feel like Topanga is going to run away with the competition on these fashion, uh, these fashion awards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. <laughs> so um, uh, a little bit of housekeeping. I do have a feedback question as oh, well. So um, this is also from our friend Jonathan. Jonathan is like such an MVP and Love he's Jonathan. watching along with us. Um, so he actually, he is like, he started off being with us, but then he got so into the show that he totally like sped ahead of us and he's already on season two. But oh he's no. Gonna, I know, I know. So <laughs> he's speeding along. So, um, I mean, Jonathan just wrote that he thought it was ridiculous that he hands over his, like, job to a middle schooler for the entire week with such an important topic. Yeah. Um, and we we agree with that. I think that this is probably the worst week for, like, Feeney to do that. I think that uh, a lighter week um, could right. have been better or... I mean, even, like, Corey was able to choose whatever subject he wanted to teach. So maybe Feeney should have geared him away from Anne Frank and closer to something that was better um, better for him to discuss. But Yeah, like, give him algebra or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but Jonathan's question is... Um, is as followed. Uh, Corey thinks Mr. Feeney is so predictable. I'm curious if either of you have teachers that have funny routines that you remember are real life teachers in your lives as predictable. If I remember any of my teachers being predictable or if they have like silly routines that like um, that they did all the time. There was a professor I had in college for um, anthropology and she would drive me crazy because if you're around somebody long enough, you notice mannerisms that they have and you can't unnotice them. And she used to say, and so on and so forth all the time. Oh, <laughs> that drove me crazy. I don't know if that's necessarily like a routine, but it drove me absolutely bonkers. Yeah. Like just the saying that somebody says over and over again, mm-hmm. even if the saying doesn't apply to yeah. what they're speaking of. I can see that. Um, a teacher that has like a routine. Um, I'm trying to think, like, I know I had some, like, pretty, um, memorable teachers my senior year of high school, um, and, like, one of which, like, he always had, like, the same jokes, and he, like, he was the best, like, I actually, like, loved him, but he, he always, like, 
like took the same jabs at the same kids. He made the same mm-hmm. jokes. He like used to say like shut the front door all the time. Oh, like yeah. He was like a fun teacher, but like he definitely like his jokes were like old uh yeah, by the end of the year. So um I, I I think and then of course like in terms of like routine, I think I spoke about this, but the we definitely had a routine with pretending like the teacher in economics, uh, uh, our pop-ups versus uh, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog fight. Oh, yes. We're fighting the good fight. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I love that Jonathan sends in questions and I love that he's watching along with us. So yes. if anybody else would love to send in questions, like, please um, send it in at uh, shit90spod at gmail.com. Or you can always um, tweet at us at uh, Shit90sPod or Instagram at Shit90sPod, yada, 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 yada. (laughs) Yeah, and we have some really exciting stuff coming up. So by the time this releases, we'll have released our bonus podcast of um, Casper with Kevin Mahadeo. So if you haven't listened to that yet, go back and listen to that. And coming up after this will be our bonus podcast for um, Halloween Town. Um, so definitely give that a listen. We have some, you know, in, in November, you'll see, we might have some more bonus content coming up. Um, beyond that, uh, if you want to hear my voice a little bit more, I'm still podcasting with Josh Wiggler over at Post Show Recaps. Um, we are podcasting about a potential podcast for community. Um, so give that a listen. If you, if you love community, basically, I'm making him watch the best of the best episodes of Community, so we're bouncing around a bit, but um, maybe you'll see some of your favorites on there. Give that a listen. Um, beyond that, you can follow me at Jess Sterling, or at the, sorry, I'm at Jess Sterling 12 on Instagram, I think, and I'm at the Jess Sterling on Twitter, um, and Sarah's at Sarah Ferguson. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Send in any feedback. If you would like to rate us a, a five-star review on iTunes, that would be super duper. Um, that would make you a, a really cool dude and really smart and really cool. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So please give us five stars. And uh, we'd love to read any um, ratings you guys have on the podcast. Um, but yeah, until then, we will see you next time for season one, episode nine of Boy Meets World. And enjoy the rest of your October. Bye. Bye.